Welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter, and today we are going to talk about the fact that you will die. But first, a word from our sponsor. Now is a great time to learn more about CMF Curo as a Catholic healthcare option for your family. You can join anytime throughout the year, plus you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your whole health, spirit, mind, and body. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Visit MyCatholicHealthcare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. What are we drinking here, Walter? We are drinking a... Deliciousness. A sidecar. Well, the reason why we drink is because, first of all, we are in uh, Studio A. <laughs> uh, we are not in St. John of Arc. We moved back to time. Studio A because... It is not 170,000 degrees outside. <laughs> Back where it all began. Right. So. I like what you've done with the place. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, w- w- I made us. I like some... that dirty diaper in the corner. It's <laughs> nice. Wait. <laughs> Just uh, Made me look. Because <laughs> earlier there was a dirty diaper in here. Um, we are drinking sidecars. A sidecar is two ounces of cognac one ounce of uh orange liqueur usually cointreau but i had dry curacao and then one ounce of lemon mm-hmm. juice all shaken together with ice and then poured into a fancy uh, vessel very very fancy tastes like christmas a little bit ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. but um, it's good home depot's all christmas right now so mm. every place they, they they skip thanksgiving now they go from like putting Halloween decorations to Christmas. It was weird at Costco to see like Christmas trees and kids' costumes. Yeah, right. Like next to each other. Uh huh. So yeah, it's interesting. But anyways, um, Easter's right around the corner. <laughs> 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 Make me laugh! I'm gonna drop my drink. <laughs> um, so on uh, on Friday we had a fun outing. Um, the, the three of us and um, another friend of Ivan went to uh, Chase Field because um, Ivan has, uh, he's connected, right? I know a guy who knows a guy who's cousins with a guy yeah. who knows another guy. <laughs> there you go. Who likes tacos. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to tacos. That was mm-hmm. the, the connection right there. No, but, but how? why did you get us into Chase Field, Ivan? So I have a connection. Uh, I know somebody who works for the D-backs and he has, you know, we've done events for, for them for their season tickets department mm-hmm. um, in an exchange instead of, you know, paying us money. They pretty much, we trade our services for tickets. And so and tacos for like tickets. Events tacos for like tickets. That. Exactly. So yeah, it's a cool trade off. Um, and how I got that gig is pretty crazy because I almost died, but that's a story for another day. Um, <clears throat> so he, I was at work and he texted me and he's like, Hey, um, do you want to take batting practice at Chase Field next Friday? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to kill? I know. Of course I do. 
So he's like, okay, uh, you have the 6.30 to 8 p.m. slot. Just bring three more people with you and you should be good. So he gave me four spots. That's awesome. And immediately I thought of my friend, Louise, who who's he's getting married next year. And he's a huge D-backs fan. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge. Probably the biggest wait, D-backs Wait, you fan. have other friends? I do. Okay, that's news to me, but okay, go on. Sorry. And they are D-backs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I immediately thought of him because I'm like, if somebody's going to appreciate this, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I appreciate you inviting us. Yeah, but totally. It, in a different level. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I asked him and then I, I asked Walter and, and Gustav if they wanted to go. And it was fun. It, it was, was a, a good time. Fun. It was cool. Like, I feel I grew up playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never been like, on the field of a professional stadium. Um, so just being on the field in itself was super cool. And then, but to actually be taking batting practice at the plate where the players yeah. actually hit. That was it's pretty, cool. it's pretty special. My yeah. first time at Chase Field and I was on the field. I playing. know. Oh, that's, that's right. You've never that's been. That's how I roll, baby. So like next time you go, it's like, eh. yeah, whatever. I've, I've been, been down in, there. You see where those players are, <laughs> sweetie? I was down there with them. Not with them, but I played down there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, um, I, I kind of like feared for my life a little bit because I haven't decided to wear, um, LA Dodgers gear all day, baby. All day. We had a run in with Baxter, the Diamondbacks, um, okay. mascot and, uh, you know, we made it out alive. So it's good. It's, it was all good. We'll post that video on Instagram. Yeah, it's <laughs> really funny. It. That's pretty good. Were you Dude. guys sore the, the following day? Oh yeah. Yeah. My arm hurt like yeah. crazy. My throwing arm. I think my my batting average was like maybe forty <laughs> percent. You were batting a good one eighty two hundred. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but I'll that's good. It. It's, okay, it's 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 good. <laughs> don't, no, it's don't good. sugarcoat it. Like, no. I suck. I know you could be hitting a less than a hundred. Is it a hundred? Like twenty. Yeah. You know, like when you go bowling, like less than a hundred is el pendejometro. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember yeah. we had that conversation right yeah yeah i put it out in the outfield a little bit yeah you too true. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, was, yeah. that's pretty good i think, I I think collectively because it was what like 60 people there probably yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. 60 70 people there were like some guys that were actually like oh semi-pros. yeah yeah some of these guys could hit it and i think collectively everybody was trying to obviously hit a Not home run out of the park and I mean, I think I got like halfway through through in the outfield. Um, I'm lefty, so I always hit it over to right field. But there was one guy who actually hit a home run. Yeah, that was pretty. And cool. everybody freaked out, and it was really cool. I know. I think that's everyone's, you know, dream mm-hmm. is to, to hit and a home run. He barely got it out, but it was a home run. It was a homer. Yeah, at Chase Field. At Chase. Field. He walked out a little bit taller that day, yeah. <laughs> puffing his chest. <laughs> you know, it was funny because. Ivan and I had talked about like playing catch, you know, mm-hmm. and and I bought like three baseball gloves, two for the boys, two for the two older boys, and one for myself. And then we never played catch. <laughs> but then when we actually got to play catch, was at Chase Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I'll take it. You know, it's I fun. Know. I love catching. Yeah, I love like the. I used to have a glove, and um. I think my brother took it to Michigan with him and he never returned it. So if you're listening, I need that back. <laughs> <laughs> this was like you 10 years ago. It. This is crazy. Okay. Um, was but I really Rogers. enjoy it. I, I never played like in Little League or anything like that, but I was just like into sports. I, mm. I played everything. Yeah, like, I love playing baseball. That was my sport. We, we need to do that again. You gave me a moreton because 
you threw it a little bit too hard and I caught it with like the part that is not padded <laughs> in my glove. But you caught it. You I, caught, I it. caught it, yes. That's you caught it. That's what matters. But anyways, um, so Baxter wanted to kill Ivan because he was wearing LA gear. Uh, and that's like very fitting to uh, for the topic that we're talking about today. Which Pulled is about Memento Mori. Mm-hmm. This is that's kind of a downer. Out, a thank you. Yeah, there you the previous episode, I was like striking out. <laughs> 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 thank you. Slow clap. Golf clap. Slow Golf clap. clap. Um, I, I felt bad saying in the intro, like the fact that you will die. But, you know, where is the lie? As people would say. That's true. Um the, the the reason why uh, we thought about this this topic this week is basically because Halloween's going to be on Sunday, and uh, do, do your mom said like ay esas cosas satánicas de las calaveras y eso um, like Halloween as a, a an anti Catholic holiday kind of thing? No, my mom took us trick or treating. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, think, we went trick or treating as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's maybe just <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, but like, um, wh- I mean, we kind of talked about it in the uh, I'm Mexican episode with uh, Dia de Muertos and and everything that goes around that with Mexican culture in particular. But um, when we have uh, kind of like a de- deformation, is that a word? I'm translating literally from Spanish. Um, de formas? Una deformación? Maybe it's like, um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking out. I know the word. Use it in a sentence, in Espanol. Cuando algo se convierte de, de, de lo que era en, en, en algo que, que significa otra cosa. So, All Hallows Eve... Mm. Distortion, morph. maybe? Like distortion, yeah, like morph. It's distorted yeah. or it's twisted, twisted it's morphed or... into something else. Mutated. So y- I think distorted would be the best. Distorted. Yeah, okay, distorted. let's go with distorted. Um, how All Hallows Eve, because well, November 1st we have All Saints, and then mm-hmm. November 2nd we have All Souls. Mm-hmm. So and that those three days in particular, October 31st, November 1st, and uh, November 2nd, are um, known as, or they used to be known in antiquity as um, um, uh, All Hallows Tide? Tide or Tritium. It was like like a Tritium, right? Yeah. Um, So All Hallows Eve, Halloween, it's kind of like a stretch, but I think it was a deformation of of that uh, particular term uh, or a distortion of that particular term. So... um, I was. I had this conversation with my mother-in-law that technically Halloween is a very Catholic uh, holiday, mm-hmm. minus you know, like uh, the people that are dressed like devils and, and zombies and whatnot, which is like you know, like the uh, I don't want to say Americanized because it's also in Mexico, but. Um, the secularized, secularized uh-huh. version of Halloween, which is like candy and, and the pumpkins and all that stuff, which is not necessarily bad. But the point that, we, uh, that we're trying to make today is that um, Memento Mori, the fact that you will die, it, it's kind of like that translation, that you will die. Mm-hmm. Remember that you will die. Um, 
is a very Catholic thing, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like which sounds like a downer, but um, in 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 the proper context, it can be a really cool devotion that one can develop. Um, and um, and as an example of like how um, heavy metal the church is, I uh, sent a, a link to Gustavo and Ivan about eight different chapels that have like um, bones for like decoration inside of it. That's pretty gnarly looking. <laughs> like there is a um, an ossuary, which is basically like where they keep bones in 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 Sedlik in the Czech Republic, that they built a chandelier out of like pretty much every bone in the human body. That's so intense. They have like skulls and bones all over the place, pretty much as decoration. Um, There is several of them. There's one in uh, San Bernardino Aleosa in Milan, which the whole ceiling is like covered in skulls and and bones. Um, One of the ones that is like very, very striking is the Capella dos Osos in Portugal, which is like adjacent to that St. Francis of Assisi church in Evora, Portugal. And apparently there was like an over, um, the, the, the cemetery Surplus. was, um, was uh, there was a lot of people that was buried in the cemetery and um, they needed space. So they exhumed all of these bodies and um, they were like, what are we going to do with all these bones? Let's just decorate the walls of the church with it. There you go. And uh, I want to be at that staff meeting. That works. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like, like, so okay, brainstorming, people. Like, we we do, got a guys? bunch of skeletons. Think outside the box, everyone. Here. Yeah, brainstorm. Okay, go. <laughs> what if I we, got it. Put him on the ceiling, obviously. <laughs> What if we uh see mira lo que pasa es que podemos exponer aquí esta pared que está muy fea. Sabe bien bonito, sabe bien bonito con huesos. Why is always like the Mexican? Um sorry, I had to make it in the in a Mexican voice because it it doesn't work that way. But um just to say okay, our remembering our mortality in maybe some of you have not heard of that latin uh phrase memento mori um usually there's like something that people put at the beginning is like tempus fugit memento mori Mm -hmm. um time is flying or time is fleeting fleeting fleeting. Mm -hmm. uh remember that you will die and that's a pretty much an exhortation to like analyze how you are living and um and, and and I found that there's there's this one sister, uh, sister Teresa Alethia, 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 Alethia. Um, she is a daughter of Saint Paul, and that order is informally known as the Median Nuns. Um, and you can follow her on Instagram at Pursued by Truth. Um, but she's, um, I don't know, there are probably more, but she's one of the main 
people that I've seen that are promoting a devotion to Memento Mori. Mm -hmm. And she has like journals and Advent uh, companions and Lent companions and all these things to get you into remembering that you will die, basically. Um, so this is just um, some excerpts of an interview that she had with Forbes where she talks about uh, focusing on, on last things as a, um, a longstanding part of Catholic ascetic practice and devotion. So just, again, reiterating that this is not something that we just came up with. Um, it is a, a devotion that is um, from time immemorial, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, and um, she was also featured in the New York Times And it, it's funny how they um, they dubbed her the nun who wants you to remember that you will die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yes. It's a good title to have. <laughs> I mean, and it's true, right? It's like very accurate. Mm -hmm. um, no beating around the bush on that one. I mean. Exactly what it says it is. Right. And it's also kind of funny that it's like your, your, your whole like, mission from God is going to be like, all right, you're going to remember people that they're going to die. Yeah. You're going to remind them that, yeah, eventually they're going to die. Right. Um, there, there's going to be like some sort of like humor in that. I, I, I find it humorous, but regardless of that, um, getting into what Memento Mori is, it, in a nutshell, it would be the process of self-examined living in the light of mortality. So um, we need to ponder our death, which I don't think we do. Mm -mm. It And it's like, it's not something that comes natural. It, like who wants to ponder upon their death? I don't think anybody wants to mm -mm. do that on, on their own. Like, it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable. That makes me think of, did you guys ever watch the movie um, uh, Big Fish? Yes. Yes. Remember that scene of the, the, the old lady that if you look into her eye, you see how you're going to die? Yes. When I saw that movie, I asked myself, like, would I do that? Like, would I like look into the eye? And I, I wouldn't do it. No. Personally, I wouldn't do it. I mean. Because I don't want to know. Right. You know, like, I know that I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. That I know for a fact. Um, but I don't want to know how I go. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll probably just try to avoid it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it, it, I think at that point, you just live in fear mm -hmm. of, you know, let's say, oh, it looks, it says that I'm going to die by falling off a ladder. And I hate ladders, by the way. Mm. So I'm like, I'm never going to climb another ladder in my life. So, Daddy, why don't we put Christmas decorations on the house? Like, because shush. I don't want to die, child. <laughs> you want to be an orphan? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> you can live. With, I'll drive you around to see Christmas lights. We're just gonna put one of those that like showers the house with uh, exactly. blinky lights. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that's a good movie, actually. And um, I thought that it was funny. It's a great movie. The guy was like, it, "Go watch it." This is not how it go. It was one of the things that he would say, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's very anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. It, it, well, I mean, it, 
especially because for us Catholics, death is not the end. Death is like it's just a door. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, I think that memento mori is um, like a good reminder of like we don't know if we're gonna make it to tomorrow, um, and and we should probably every every, every morning. I try to make the habit of being like, thank you for letting me be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving me another day. Um, and the nights that I remember to do the examine prayer, um, it's like, okay, I'm sorry that I failed you, Lord, today. Give me another chance. Let me just get to confession. Um, that, that That's one of the reasons that I started having a devotion to Our Lady of uh, Mount Carmel to wear the scapular to to have that kind of like last resort. It's like at the time of death, I will not be left to my own devices. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully I get a priest to hear my, my confession and get a dabiaticum, you know, because it's it's kind of stressful to think that you could, especially if you die suddenly, mm-hmm. if you die by yourself, that's like very horrible to think uh, and in in today's society it's like taboo to talk about death right yeah nobody wants to die everybody wants to be like yolo and uh, mm-hmm. you you only live once which is like the the other side of the coin of memento mori in in like a seek uh, a pleasure seeking kind of existence uh-huh. yeah but Which at, at the end of the day, it's very empty because it's very self-serving. As Catholics, we know that we are, it's sacrificial love all the way. Because right. that's how Christ, mm-hmm. that's what Christ did for us. So I think we are to emulate that in our everyday lives, you know, as husbands, as fathers, as mm-hmm. Catholic men, as single men, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important that we have that mortality ever present one because i think we we're all here by god's grace like you said you know it's like it's a good practice to wake up every morning and say yeah thank thank you for allowing me another day you know thank you for allowing me to get up by my own strength you know thank you for my family thank you for another opportunity to know love and serve you this day and protect me you know, and help yeah. me be better. That's yeah, pretty yeah. much what I say in the morning. And and the protect me is not for my sake. It's for so I can protect my family. You know, I don't think, and I, I many people say this until they're faced with it, right? But I don't necessarily fear death. Like when I think about it, I'm not freaked out that I might die. But I'm really freaked out that I might leave my kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes, 100%. and my wife, that I'd be like, no, I need to be here for them for as long as I possibly can, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I think uh, it's. I think I'm kind of the same way where I don't necessarily like fear death. Like I know that I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. That's there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I know that I'm gonna die one day. I don't know how. I don't want to know, but 
that fear of me not existing for my kids. Mm-hmm. That's that's the the thing that fears me. And and there's also some people that are just straight up afraid of death. Yeah. Like um my wife, she doesn't like to talk about these things where, you know, when it talks to like now we're kind of getting into the point where like okay, like if I were to pass away, what do we do? Like, you know, where are the passwords? Exactly. What? <laughs> where, where are the passwords? What are the passwords? Where'd you leave the remote? <laughs> What's the Netflix password? Um, you know, like we are we going to buy a plot of for for our grave, yeah. um, life insurance, things like that. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that we're talking about now. But before, like, this is a a subject that Nayeli doesn't really like to talk about because, you know. She's one of those people that like death scares her. Mm-hmm. You know, just the thought Makes of her uncomfortable. Yeah, the just the thought of not existing, like it it scares her. And it's it's understandable. Like some totally. people, you know, they just have that fear and it's um so yeah, like I can I can sympathize with you know, those people that, you know, some people are just like, Oh, you know, I'm not afraid to die. And then some people are just like, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a scary thought. And yeah, it is like I don't want to die right now like mm-hmm. yeah some people want it's to, like want i go to confession it's like all right lord i'm good to go take me now <laughs> we have oh, wait had, a little bit not yet not yet not yet we have had that conversation right <laughs> it's like i could get hit by a truck right now and but, make it to like at least purgatory i know but please not yet but not yet not yet not yet i'd like to be here a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> um i experienced my my first uh like my first encounter with that death was when I was like 13, 14 years old and I lost my uh, maternal uh, grandfather. And it was, um, it was very personal. It was like the first time that I was like experiencing grief and like trying to grasp the concept of like death. And I don't know if it was good or bad, but like, my my grandfather died of a heart attack and uh we were able to go to my grandparents house and be with him there he was he was there you know his body was there before um they they took him uh to the morgue or or whatever to the hospital or whatnot so um i think that that like pretty much like Mark me for life about how I would experience like death in 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 that particular way. So it the only experiences that I've had is is losing my my grandparents, um, and some of my you know deals that were second removed, whatever uh, that are not like as personal. So mm-hmm. like you don't they don't hit you as uh, yeah as hard as that. Um. And um, I don't know if uh, a lot of people have had those experiences that young or or, or if um, we are like protecting or like talking even about it because I don't remember my parents talking to me about like what happens when someone dies, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And Oliver especially has had like a lot of questions about death recently. I don't know if it's the the age or or what, but... um, are you showing him churches with skulls on them? <laughs> <laughs> he was looking over your shoulder when you were doing research for this I episode. Know, when I was prepping for 
for this episode. No, um, that looks like the movie Coco. <laughs> well, those that, people so sad. Daddy. I think that was like what prompted the conversation. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there you go. And uh, you know, we were talking about um, heaven and hell and purgatory, and I think it it prompted because um, when we pray the rosary, I always make it part of our intentions to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. Uh, so he had questions about like what what does that mean, you know? And I was like, well, it's a very self-serving purpose, son, because <laughs> if these souls make it to heaven, then they get to pray for us here on earth. Um, I don't think he grasped the concept as well. But point being that right now, like in social media, I think particularly in social media, we see all these things. This is, It's kind of like escapism, right? escapism mm -hmm. um we go there to forget that we will eventually die and everybody's living their best life and everybody is like putting up their best foot forward but the fact that sister teresa is there is like an online reminder reminder, reminder. <laughs> it's like hey i'm gonna start following her right yeah um so she said that memento mori reminders were communicated in person And then she says, often with the very bones of the dead just feet away. Mm. That's chilling, you know, and especially coming from, you know, the Catholic Church has a lot of weird things. Like, we venerate bones of holy people. We have churches with vials of blood. We have straight up bodies uh in body parts body parts and you and know bodies, incorruptibles yeah. incorruptible but body parts mm -hmm. in an exhibition right in in a, in a glass coffin basically Padre Pio Saint Clair of Assisi um, et cetera et cetera and and I mean I never thought of it like being like spooky or no like something grim or whatever you're like oh okay well they are saints mm -hmm. they are like role models but for someone who <laughs> is from on the outside looking in mm -hmm. it'd be like what the crap is going on yeah. <laughs> it's like what you guys what do did what I, what did i stumble upon <laughs> you guys do what with your death i was like poor teresa of avila i think like One of, finger. Her, one of her, her fingers. Her fingers. Analysia just told me about this. Is somewhere. As I picked her up from Bible study today. Uh huh. She was like, Dad, we were talking about uh, Teresa Avila that one of her fingers is like in this church as a relic. I'm like, that sounds about right, sweetie. Yeah. And her <laughs> leg is somewhere else. And then like her tongue is another. They did part to of her world. like they did to Sir William Wallace, right? They mm. just like send body parts. <laughs> All wow. over the place. I don't know if she was uh, screaming freedom at the end, the last minutes that she was alive. But regardless of that, <laughs> um, the the I have another examples of uh, what Sister Teresa was mentioning, um, and one of them hits home for me. It, it comes from Saint Benedict, from the Rule, um, where he tells the monks keep death daily before one's eyes. It's part of the rule. Um, so that daily regular meditation on death is um, is what we can do to like make it personal. Mm -hmm. 
we can we can consciously integrate memento mori as a practice of our life. And we, we talked about the examine prayer mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and Sister Teresa has like a modified version of the St. Ignatius examine um, where she basically brings death to mind and prays with it in the context of faith, mm-hmm. you know? Am I prepared to die? And I think there's like a, a, a very valid question as a Catholic. Like, if I were to die, if I were to die tonight, would would I go to heaven? Correct. And I think that's the part that's missing in the secular world, because we see it from the lens of like, will I be able to make it into heaven? But like we said, you know, we mentioned before that we're shooting for heaven, but we'll settle for purgatory. Exactly. Right? Yes. But in the in it, for people that don't believe in in heaven, um, this is it. So that's why the you only live once caught so much fire because there's a lot of unbelievers, you know. So they got to believe in something. They got to do something with their lives to make it fulfilled. Otherwise, well, what is it all about? So they got to feel it with fill it with experiences to make sure it's worth it. And they want to get as many experiences as possible in, I don't know, you know, that's, that's a perspective of like, and it's good to know, to, to have that preparedness of heart. It's like, am I ready to die? Because I already visited like so many countries and I went like hang gliding and I like (laughs) went swimming in a, in a, uh, what, what are the, I went to that waterfall in Africa. Yeah, you know, like, I ran with the bulls and whatever. Right. Or am I ready to die because my soul is really clean right now and I'm going to make it, you know, to go talk to the big boss upstairs, the big boss upstairs and potentially grab a drink with JP too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> with, with the fast pass. Yeah. To <laughs> the fast pass of the saints. That image I cannot get over. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I mean, in the secular ver- vision is like the preparedness is, in, is on a different level. Yes, but the thing is, like, how many experiences do you have until you're, like, done? Is it, it won't satisfy. No, it, it doesn't. You just need another hit, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So it's, it's kind of sad that... We know that it is not going to be something that is going to fulfill mm-hmm. because we were, we were made, St. Augustine, our hearts will be restless until, until they rest, they rest in, you. in you. So um, anyways, one of the, um, the last two points that I have, unless you guys have anything else, um, Memento Mori is about living our lives thoughtfully, intentionally, and with purpose, with God at the center. And I think through the episodes that we have had, we we have talked about purpose with uh, in in search for meaning mm-hmm. um, and being intentional about it. If if you are someone who is discerning religious life or married life, do it intentionally. 
be mm-hmm. intentional about what God wants from you in your life. Um, that is always going to be um, a, a better life than, you know, someone who is just like drifting away, saying what I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, just going with the current. Yeah. What's that Chesterton quote that only something that is alive can swim against the the current? Against the current, because everything else flows, gets dragged by the current, essentially. Right. So that's that's kind of like the the imagery that I'm like thinking about. Like, okay, there are going to be a lot of adversities, a lot of things that we are going to have to overcome that God is going to allow for us to go through in our lives because we need that pruning, that purification. And on top of that, it is all preparation for our death. Um, I mean, St. Joseph is the patron saint of a happy death, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, um, while we still have a few more or a couple more months of the year of St. Joseph to just call upon him and, Pray to him for a happy death. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Rumi, the actor that plays Jesus mm-hmm. on The Chosen, he always has a a skull ring on his finger, mm. and it's because of Memento Mori. He's, I think he's, I don't know if he's a follower of this particular sister, but I think he has that that devotion you were talking about to Memento Mori. I want to get a skull. Yeah, and, like and, and now, I'm thinking, now I'm thinking that my two metalhead brothers had it right in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you know? My heavy mom metal was, was right the whole time. Yeah, heavy metal had it right. You know? Heavy metal as a tool of evangelism. <laughs> mm. I love it. I think there's a heavy metal Christian rock band. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of them. Yeah, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. dude. Lamb yeah. of God. That's uh-huh. one. They're like screamo, like, but they're Christian. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have yeah, to. We're going to have links. to find some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To YouTube videos in the show notes. Christ loves you. You know, something like that. It's like, okay. All right. Good. Go. <laughs> More power to you. Hey, you can evangelize in tons of hey, ways. Hey, man. They they all, God wants all of them to be saved, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I want a Memento Mori tattoo as part of like my my sleeve now that I started with, with those things. Get really I told you it starts at one and it, then you just yes, want to get more. <laughs> I know you told me that and, and you're right. You are absolutely right. Um, you know, it's funny that you, you mentioned the heavy metal thing because uh, Sister Teresa was like um, a big fan of the dead Kennedys uh, who are probably mostly known for holiday in Cambodia from the uh, rock band. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. You don't know what I'm thinking about the presidents because there's a lot of dead Kennedys. No, it's a punk band. I didn't know that. I'm not into punk. So you were not into punk. Did you, did you go in a punk? I know who they are, but I don't like punk. Am I the only one that went through a punk phase? I like heavy metal. You like heavy metal? I really like heavy metal. I, I never up, got into he- I Metallica heavy metal. and Iron Maiden. That's my Maiden. favorite band. Mm-hmm. No, dude, I Metallica. went through like a, a crazy ska punk phase in high school. Mm. Uh, but never Dead Kennedys. Maybe the Mighty Mighty Boast. 
Bostones. I like the Bostones, but. Listen, Jake, real big fish. All those bands no. that are now like touring again because they ran out of money. Yeah. Um, Got old and <laughs> ran out of money. <laughs> but um, the, 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 the point that I was trying to make before we get distracted with that is that the interviewer was asking Sister Teresa if she was ashamed of her previous life before becoming a nun um, because of she was a punk rocker, basically. And, um, and then she said, punk rock is rebellious, but religious life is the ultimate rebellion. Amen to that. Mm. I was like, that is a mic drop if mm -hmm. I ever saw one, you know. Um, it is, like, really, really fantastic to see someone that could be from like that background not ashamed of their past life just like you know we are redeemed i know and we know that when we go to confession all of our sins are forgiven and god probably for forgets mm -hmm. about them it's just like on us that to to make that uh basically to move on mm -hmm. uh but um I think this topic is important too because like like you said, you know, it really makes us it forces us to live purposefully and to really appreciate life how we have it now. You know? Yeah. And to open up our eyes, you know, put down the phone and listen to the birds and go for a walk and feel the air. It's beautiful right now in in Phoenix, you right. know. Oh, with like what? Like 68 degrees. 68 so degrees perfect. outside, so we can be so in the So it's just that that uh, recognizing your mortality, I think, also allows you to connect with life as as it's happening right now and not so much connect with life through the scrolling of the phone, which right. is sadly where a lot of people are living their lives right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So God bless Sister Teresa for fishing where the fish are. Fishing with the fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, any last remarks? So th this Halloween, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what. Uh, do you have any uh, uh, costumes that you're gonna do, like family costumes or whatnot? Um, Lily is gonna be Anna from Frozen. Okay. She's like in a huge Frozen tear, and then. Pia is going to be Moana because Dude, she I looks saw the just like Moana. She's so photo. cute. Yeah. She is so cute, but I'm biased, but mm -hmm. she's very cute. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then Olivia, I don't know yet. And then I don't think Nayeli and I are dressing up. Yeah. Okay. We're in the same boat. Yeah. I think the girls are. Um, and then Lucia has something with her youth group tomorrow. So she'll, she'll recycle the Saints costume from us. Okay. Okay. She was Teresa of Avila, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a little short on the sleeve because she grew like crazy this year. Hazle la bastilla. Bajale la bastilla poquito. But no, it's it's interesting to know that, you know, coming back to closing the circle on the whole Halloween thing, how yeah. Halloween got started, right? I mean, because we, we know it with Christmas, you know, with Santa Claus and St. Nick and all that. And, mm -hmm. and, and many people don't know that Halloween is like, the kids used to dress up in these gory outfits because that's what happened to the saints. You know, there you would go with like your eyes in your hand as a costume. Right. You know, St. Lucy. St. Lucy. Um, or with arrows all through you. St. Sebastian. You know, St. Sebastian. Thank you. Uh, and, and they would go and, and ask for treats 
in exchange for praying for the souls of the departed. Mm. That's what it was. So the party that we did, la did last year of the All Saints, when we gave kids the goodie bag, we kind of told them, you know, there's a lot of candy in here, but got to remember to pray for the souls of the faithful departed with each candy that you eat. That's the only condition that we're giving you to eat candy. I'm sure no one did, and they ate all the candy. It's but all right. We did. But it's a good practice to have, you know, like if you're going out trick-or-treating and your kids like make out with the loot, you got to tell them to pray for the faithful departed and full their souls in purgatory for each candy they eat, and it's going to be a good trade-off. I mean, yes. And, uh, you know, when they're asleep and they don't notice, because they cannot eat all the candy. No. Then, you know, that's like the daddy tax, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> the daddy tax. Pro tip. Pay, uh, pay the toll. Pay the toll. Yeah, basically. Because I'm going to be the one walking with them, Yeah, basically. Yeah. I for some reason, like um, this year is going to be kind of weird because Emilio is going to be Gecko from the PJ Masks and Lucia is going to be Outlet. And then Oliver, it was like the perfect opportunity for him to be Catboy, which is the third one in the mm -hmm. cartoon. But then he chose Black Panther. There you go. Still a feline. Wakanda forever. Exactly. What, what was your guys' uh, um, costume that you remember as a kid? I was always a vampire. Yeah. It was the easiest thing my mom could do. Cowboy. Cowboy. So my mom was really resourceful because she, she was like, you're going to put this brown drape and this uh, um, rope around your hip and you're a Franciscan. Friar. You're a Franciscan. That's it. So and I, still to last year. Still to last year. I kind of like <laughs> Carolina kind of like up the game a little bit and because she got me like birdies that I like right, right, pin right. on top of my, my thing. So. But yeah, my mom was like, she she did the costumes all herself. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty sweet. I wanted to be like uh, a white robe and then dress uh, Mateo as a chili to be like Dr. Pepper. You know, like a punny kind of thing. Dr. Dr. Pepper. It's too late to do that. Yeah. To pull that up. And I'm not going to carry him around. Anyways, and then it wouldn't make sense because like, <laughs> oh, you're a doctor. Yeah, you gotta, oh, if you got to explain it, it's too much yes. work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But um, anyways, while you are preparing the candy that you're going to hand out this Halloween, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Barbato's Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't. And if you are feeling extra generous, you can buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash barbatos and follow the instructions. If you buy us a coffee, you automatically get a shout out. And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. You can find the show notes for this episode at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On social media, we are on Instagram at barbatoscatholicpodcast. And bless us, Casey. Pray for us. Until the next time.